Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of the Lone Wolves Club podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Porter, and in my last episode, I talked about how we as Christians can do better when it comes to making members of the LGBTQ plus community feel welcome within the church, especially when it comes to our own brothers and sisters in Christ who are also gay. In that episode, I covered many different topics and shared my thoughts, but I think it is important to hear from people who are actually living in the realm of both being gay but also being a strong Christian. And so I invited my friend Tyler and his boyfriend Tommy to sit down and share their experiences, their thoughts, their stories. We cover everything from is being gay a lifestyle or were you born that way? We talk about the phrase, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner that a lot of Christians like to use when it comes to defending their thoughts against homosexuality and much, much more. I also asked my friend Elena to join us as well because she was one of the ones that Tyler came out to and I thought it would also be important to hear her side of the story and what it's like to love your friend on that journey of them wrestling with their homosexuality and ending up choosing to, you know, move forward in, you know, dating and exploring that side of themselves. So it is a very rich conversation and I am very, very proud of this episode, so I'm excited to present it to you. But before I do, I want to remind you that you can follow me on Instagram at lonewolvesclub.pod. That is a great place to keep updated on when episodes are being released and to keep the conversation going. And you can also email me at lonewolvesclub.pod at gmail.com. You can leave me feedback there, you can leave me requests for um, episode ideas, or you can just tell me your thoughts. Um, I'd love to hear them, especially on very important topics like the one I'm covering today. Anyway, this episode is long, so let's get to it. Hey y'all, it's Editing Nicole here. So I usually use a software to kind of dampen any background noise and make things sound more close and more studio-like, but the software really did not like the fact that four people were trying to share one microphone and it made our voices sound kind of funny, so I left the audio as is, just raw, unedited. I think it turned out okay. Um, Again, you might hear some background noise like the mic bumping or glasses being set down on the table. You might hear, you know, a dog barking in the background. I explain that later. Um, So just a heads up that the audio isn't as clean as it always is, but I feel like the content really makes up for that. So if you can bear with it and hang in there, I think will be good. So I just wanted to give that disclaimer. 
and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, y'all. So for today, we are in for a special treat. So in my last episode, I talked about how I think the church can be better about being more welcoming and accepting to gay Christians. And I also mentioned that it's really important to hear people's stories from the people who actually are in that world and in that realm. So today I have invited my friend Tyler and his boyfriend Tommy and my friend Elena (laughs) to all sit down (laughs) and have a chat. And we're just going to keep it very casual, very like fireside chat. So you might hear wine being poured. You might hear (laughs) chatter in the background. You might also hear our unofficial fifth guest, Elena's mini dachshund poppy, who we all love. You might hear her barking in the background. (laughs) Because that's what she does. Yeah, that's what she does. <laughs> she has to let her voice be heard, too. She has thoughts and opinions <laughs> that she also needs to share. Because it's a very matter. Yes, mm-hmm. they matter. They're very important. <laughs> and it's a very important conversation. So, like I said, to kick things off, I kind of wanted to have Tyler and Tommy share their stories and experiences. Because, again, I think it's really important to hear from people who are actually living this out. So... Tyler, the question I have for you to kick things off is some chatter I've seen around the internet is that being gay is a lifestyle. It's like something you can pick up and put down, like smoking cigarettes. What do you think about that? Well, I've never really gotten into smoking cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's really, I don't know if this is like an outdated thing. Um, I don't know if it's maybe something passed down through religion or... Uh, through like church groups um but i think it's silly (laughs) i would say absolutely not um i don't think anyone would choose well i think most people wouldn't choose to have the type of um rejection and the type of depression internal yeah internal battle um that people who are gay feel um if it was easy to lay down, I think most of us would. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Most of us try, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, except for maybe there's rare exceptions of people who just want attention and want to be different. Uh, mm. But that's not most of us who... Uh, most of us aren't narcissists, so that's good. <laughs> uh, but no, I think that's crazy. And I don't know if that's an old thought or if that is still what you think, then... Uh, you haven't talked to enough gay people. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And you mentioned... So to be transparent, y'all, this is our second take, but in our first take, mm-hmm. you mentioned kind of a poignant story. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so I was working at a church um, here in town, and we had a conversation around this, and I had a, a mom who was working in the church, uh, one of the pastor's wives in, in the church, or someone high up in the church, but they were saying um, they felt bad for like the parents of people who were gay and it kind of made me realize like this perspective that people have of just thinking like you know that their kids are rebellious somehow or that mm-hmm. and I get I I understand feeling bad for parents but it's like also what about for the people who are actually dealing with the thing right <laughs> yeah. like you don't feel bad worse for the parents of like a victim than you do for the victim so mm-hmm. it's kind of like um, it's a really interesting perspective, but it made me realize like that's how people think. Like they think that it's kind of a rebellion, um, or just a phase, or a phase, yeah. Which is just strange. I don't, I don't really understand that concept. It makes Not no sense to me. me. Yeah, <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Because uh, who would choose this phase? Hmm. Most of it sucks. <laughs> in the beginning, in the beginning. No, being gay is great, everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't get it twisted. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks in the beginning. Yeah. 
so I guess along like piggybacking off of the idea that it's just a phase Mm -hmm. I think the misconception that a lot of Christians have is that you know choosing to be gay is something that you will one that you choose right some Mm -hmm. people argue that it's a choice and other people it's not (laughs) right and other people act like oh you can like go your whole life and then all of a sudden at like 30 you can just like choose to be gay or at Mm -hmm. 40 or at you know whatever so I guess Tyler like when did you first start to feel that like you were attracted to guys I guess it's like when do kids like develop sexual attraction (laughs) yeah like like, I don't know yeah Yeah. but um it was kind of always it was like you know movies and cute actor and then you have to pretend like you don't you don't you see found yourself more attracted to like let's say a movie like male actors more yeah. than like Jennifer Lopez yeah you know like I don't even know yeah. who that is like yeah. everyone's like, fawning over yeah yeah everyone's fawning over like, J-Lo Baywatch, like, Baywatch what yeah <laughs> yeah no it's like you realize for me I realized really early on I suppressed it for a long time but I realized mm-hmm. I mean it's not something that developed when I was old mm-hmm yeah, thanks for answering that, because again, I think that's a, a misconception that a lot of people have, for sure. And then, Tommy, to ask you the same question, so what do you think when people say that it's a lifestyle or a phase, and then when did you first start realizing that? It better not be a phase. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> Sorry. I, <laughs> I think, well, what's funny is, like, given my past and how I grew up, I have heard, you know, very similar things. You know, um, you choose this. Um, the same-sex attraction is what's in you, but you ultimately decide to live, you know, right. have a boyfriend mm-hmm. or girlfriend if you're a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you for being inclusive. Yes, we love them. <laughs> and I think that what's difficult is, like Ty said, this wasn't a choice. Like, I have been living with this since I was a kid, and I wouldn't choose to go through or put anybody through this type of pain mm-hmm. because the, it is painful you know it's lonely yeah um, yeah I guess to dig a bit deeper into that the next question I had for y'all is like what was your experience either of you can answer first whoever feels like it but what was your experience growing up in the church and realizing like oh there's this part of me that I feel like it's not aligned with everyone else yeah well so I grew up in the Mormon church so Mormon, the Mormon church is, um, you could call it a different sect of Christianity, um, but it's very similar, even though a lot of people uh, want to say that it's evangelicals not. judging, <laughs> judging, like I did when I, I mean, met Tommy. the right. Mormon church is very Jesus Christ centered. I right. mean, the name is the Church of Jesus Christ. So um, it's very similar. Um, as far as my experience, I knew that I <laughs> I knew that I liked guys when I was probably in third grade. Oh, wow. Not yeah, really. this is going to be like a side story, okay. but um, we had to do a project of our favorite animal, and I picked kangaroo. Okay. And it was when you go to computer lab and you learn how to Google search images of anything. Yeah. And so, you know, I put kangaroo, and there was a whole bunch of naked men that popped up, what? And I was like, oh, teacher, Australian, teacher, <laughs> don't know. And she was like, oh, thank you, Tommy, for letting me know. <laughs> but I went home and I continued to look up kangaroo on Google. Yeah. And I was caught by my mom. Oh, and no. 
I think I blocked a lot of that memory out, but I felt from a very young age, I knew I was at least um, different than my brothers or different than the guys around me. Right. So I, you know, played with Barbie dolls. All my best friends were girls. Mm. Um, And then around age, like, probably 11 or 12, that's when I started feeling, okay, I think this is, like, a actual, like, I don't find women attractive, but my PE teacher, Mr. So-and-so, <laughs> is very hot. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> redacted. Yeah, redacted. Well, because, you know, it's hard for, you know, boys to go through puberty, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. Oh, for sure. But at the same time, puberty if you're... Puberty is rough on everyone. Yeah. yeah. And Girls, too. Girls, too. Well, in the sense of, like, you have your PE shorts on. Oh, Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I got yeah. One thing leads Visuals. to another. I got Visuals. You. And I'm like, I have to sing A, B, C, D, E, F, G in my head to distract from this moment. <laughs> yeah, so needless to say. Your gym teacher was wearing, short, was wearing short shorts too? Oh, yeah, all the time. Well, mm. it, was a great, it was a great middle school. <laughs> yeah, you loved it. I loved it. But, but yeah, I felt that same, um, just this attraction to men and it it almost wasn't physical for me like as a 12 year old I was able to distinguish the difference between okay I'm physically attracted Mm -hmm. to them and oh I just love this uh, maybe it's a masculine um, presenting persona or you know whatever you call it or attributes Mm -hmm. but like I'm I'm really attracted to guys right just in both ways I get that. So it wasn't just like appearance, but also like their like energy, so to speak, their attitude, yeah, their persona. Exactly. Yeah. A reasonable <laughs> energy. Oh. <laughs> true. True. We have to explain that Ty hates the word. I hate energy. the word. Energy. Uh, also, I'm like an energy manifesting yogi. <laughs> Yeah, Tommy lives in California. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. Enough said. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> We're all in Austin, Texas, but Tommy lives in California. Yeah. If that gives any peak. I just meant energy in terms of like yeah, yeah, yeah. attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for uh, sure. Or, I use yeah. or vibe, as yes. the kids are saying. Vibe. But growing up Mormon and having those thoughts was really difficult mm-hmm. because, I mean, I would go to church every Sunday and we would go to our classes that we had and almost every Sunday, marriage between a man and woman is ordained of God. Mm. Um, You know, homosexual relationships are, you know, of the devil, so to speak. Right. (laughs) Not The worst kind of devil. The worst. (laughs) The terrible devil. (laughs) And to be gay is the worst sin you could ever get into. Of anything. Of anything. Right. Were your classes, like, you mean, like, Sunday school? Like, where you would kind of learn, like, from the Bible, but they would really hone in on, like... Yes, so um, what was interesting is they would hone in a lot on the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, really? And so they would highlight that as, like, basically, you know, if you have these feelings about, you know, laying with other men, um, that's wrong. And so from a young age, I think for me to learn how to not really like who I was, that was, like, a big theme Mm. in my life. So, like, going to church every Sunday, hearing these things, it was reiterating to me, okay, Tommy, who you are, like, you're gay, like, (laughs) you know this for sure, like, you're not gonna have sex with a woman, like, (laughs) let's just put that out there, you already know, but um, if you want to be in heaven, you can't be gay. Mm. So, that kind of started this whole 
15 years of self-criticism, self-sabotage, self-hate. Um, you don't know, they're really sad things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I kind of talk about that, like, in my previous episode. I mean, of course, not to speak for anyone, but I did mention that I feel like there is, like, a real... And, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there is, like, a real rustling when you kind of start to realize that, like, you are gay, and mm-hmm. you have to really wrestle with that, and it's not always an easy part of yourself to acknowledge. No. Is, that, is that a fair thing no. to say? Oh, yeah, that's fair. So, Tyler, what about you? What experiences did you have in the church? Well, thankfully, I never really wrestled with if I was going to heaven <laughs> yeah. um, and I've, I've talked to people since I've talked to people in the last couple months who their whole community has told them mm. or insinuated to them that they're going to hell mm. and just by being gay just, just for by being gay be, just for being gay yeah or yeah or you having, know, there's new, or having being, thoughts or, or yeah it, you know it's like for acting on those thoughts or mm. you know the Christians have different levels of what being gay means right <laughs> that we sure. can talk about too but um for me personally i i feel like i had a personal enough relationship with god and like understanding of scripture that i didn't i was never thinking i was going to hell mm. which actually mm. puts me at a advantage above other <laughs> yeah. other people yeah, because sure. i was like if i'm going to hell well so are all the gluttonous people so are all the people who Addicts, liars, Addicts, liars mm. cheaters, greedy. Which Gossips. is an amazing mindset. Like, I just want to say, like, having that mindset is... I wish I had that mindset. Yeah. Because mm, I legitimately yeah. believed, oh, I'm going to burn in hell mm. yeah. with all the murderers and liars this hierarchy and, of yeah. sinners. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're like, yeah. I'm Bank right robbers. up there. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that's how it was portrayed. Right. Yeah. But ultimately, it's like... I don't know. I just came to my own place of, oh, happy. Um, realizing it was more about like the cultural influence because I was working at the church. I was I was a worship leader at the church. Like that was my whole thing. I, I like that was my uh, livelihood. That was my, in a lot of ways, my identity, um, and what I loved doing. So that was the hard part for me of realizing I can't actually like live for what I feel is or even explore what I thought was maybe my true self mm. without uh, jeopardizing income, without jeopardizing literally all the friends I had um, and jeopardizing the life that I was living at the time. And you know, I think about that a lot too because Ty, he was kind of, his whole life was the church. Right. Like what he just yeah. said, his friends, where he worked, how he made a living. Um, that was really important to him. But for me, I'm almost really grateful that I kind of come from a family of rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mom and dad, they're just, they won't let anybody tell them what to do. <laughs> and we are all five kids, we got that from them. We got it. So I was able to kind of go outside of my church community and make close friends that way Mm. and be involved in things that weren't church related and I felt safer 
and this is maybe mm-hmm. the sad part, and maybe this yeah. is why we're doing this damn podcast. <laughs> yeah. I felt safer with people who were not in my church community. Yeah, that's good. And that's something, like, sit on that, because mm-hmm. that's a lot to lose yeah. from his perspective, you know? I'm grateful that I still had other people. Right. I did lose, yeah. I did lose, don't get me wrong, <laughs> I lost the people, but yeah. I had yeah. other people that I could rely on, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I guess I was also going to ask Tyler, since you brought up that, like, you know, you never felt like you were going to go to hell, like, you never believed that. So how did you kind of hold on? And Tommy, I'd love to hear from you, too. But how did y'all, like, hold on to your faith in the midst of, like, all of this wrestling and turmoil and, like, kind of what kept you going, what kept you leaning on God? Yeah, I just feel like I've always been, like, I know what I believe. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> maybe to a fault like I always felt like my relationship with God was strong so to me it was I never felt that God ever said he never like condemned me for thinking certain things he never condemned me for even exploring mm-hmm. um, you know dating and things like that so that's not to say it was like easy because I put my own expectations. I put my own religious, I think, expectations on myself and my mm-hmm. own, uh, you know, they call it uh, internalized homophobia mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on myself because that's what I heard heard my whole life. Right. But I never felt like that was God's necessarily like you could conversation separate. with me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It became harder and harder to to uh, differentiate that. I think mm-hmm. so. It was definitely like because I just put it so much weight on what I always had thought and heard. So then I just kind of went on a journey of learning what the Bible actually says and, mm. like, reading the actual passages for myself. And, the and I think one big thing that I noticed in your journey was you never, you never shut down the communication with God. Mm-hmm. Mm. You were like, this is, this is where I'm at, this is what I'm doing. But I'm, you're, you were having daily conversations with the Lord and yeah. asking and seeking and praying and, you know, asking the Holy Spirit to guide you. And, like, you you didn't just shut that down and say, all right, God's done with me now. I'm mm-hmm. gay. I'm coming out. I'm going to get a boyfriend. Yeah. It wasn't like that. Like, you kept your... Like, screw the church. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you were never like that. You yeah. really did continue your relationship with the Lord. And that's something I noticed. And... I really that's just inspiring because I think yeah. the first thing people want to do is leave the church right. because oh, of a thousand percent Christians. Right, right. sorry, Which is really but sad. that's yeah. what the podcast is about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Tune into the last episode yeah. for my thoughts on that. <laughs> but it does tie into like I think what we'll probably talk about a little bit next, which is just like how can you treat people better? But um, like I want to go back to church. <laughs> yeah, I want to go back to a church, but I want like Tommy's gonna move here, and like I want to go back to a church where I can go to church with Tommy. Yeah. And I'm not asking that I be on the worship team. I'm not asking that you let me be a pastor. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just asking that we can sit there, and you're not gonna be uncomfortable, or you're not gonna like come up to me and try and like convert me like yeah right and uh or certain passive aggressive comments aren't right yeah. right, right. Yeah. that contribute so, to me not feeling comfortable sure or awkwardness yeah and, i yeah. definitely want to dive into that more 
Yeah, so I just want to be, like, I'm not asking for even special treatment. I just, like, want to be treated like normal. Yeah, <laughs> right. like a human. Yeah, like a human, imagine, exactly. Like imagine an that. actual That's human. Tough. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. So what about you, Tommy? How did you hold on to your faith in the midst of, like, all of your wrestling and anxiety Ooh, and turmoil? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of the opposite of Ty. Okay. So um, I, I was just very angry. Mm. Um, especially, like, in my teens. Like, um, angry at God? I was angry at God. I was pissed because I was like, why the hell would you make me or at least, you know, I'm gay. Like, why would you allow this to happen? Right, why would you allow this? Yeah. You know, I'm not saying you made me me or whatever, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. But (laughs) at the same time, the point is, like, it it sucked. Mm. Like, it was, I, my sisters and I, I was very close with my sisters. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we would watch The Notebook, together as kids or a walk to remember I loved these romances and I loved this story and they were able to say oh my gosh Ryan Gosling right like how hot I'm like he? yes you're right yes. <laughs> and in my head I'm like oh my god yes you're right he is hot. but out loud I was like yeah he's okay I guess yeah, yeah. and then I just like, but how about that girl in there yeah, whoever yeah, she yeah. is and I yeah. let me tell you I did say that and it, they was probably she? my sisters Wait, were probably like oh okay. that sounds yeah. weird because it it, you know, I didn't have any meaning behind it. Right. And so that was definitely a big thing that I, like, stands out in my childhood. But as far as relying on, like, my faith during all of it, um, I've always been very, I tried to be myself even with God. I don't try to put on this mask mm-hmm. of, like, oh, God, please, thou art. No. <laughs> like, I talk to God like I talk to anybody else. Yeah. And that. especially a closer friend. I'm like, no, this is really hard, this and I need shit. some this help. Sucks. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah. Why, like, why did you do this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so a big thing that helped me <clears throat> kind of rely on God or just a force that helped me get through all this was honestly my friends. Mm. And so I, I made really strong connections with my close friends, and I made it a point to be a good friend so that I had this mm. sense of community because I didn't have it at my church. Right. They didn't get me. Yeah. They just didn't understand my personality. They didn't, you know, let alone me being gay. You know, right. it was just not seen or understood. And no one wants to feel that way. Yeah. yeah. And so with my friends, I was able to be myself. Mm. And with my family, it was difficult because all of my family members, they're very... Uh, personable they're very genuine authentic you know very easy to get along with and so it wasn't necessarily them that I didn't feel comfortable with it was the shame that I would bring on like the family name Mm. if I did come out right so there was a lot riding on that for me Mm. dishonor Dishonor. Like Mulan. Yeah. <laughs> dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. There's a full on Mulan moment. Yes. Yeah. Like it's Reflection. Yeah. You guys know that song Reflection? Oh, yeah. That was my, like, that described my whole teenage, mm. like, life. Yeah. Like, who is that boy I see <laughs> looking back at me? Yeah. Like, I don't recognize this guy. Yeah. He's never going to be good enough for his family. He's never mm. going to be the good Mormon boy he's supposed to be or should be. Yeah. Right. So that, that was kind of like my whole thing. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of crying. Mm. <laughs> a lot of sad times. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you for sharing that. Because, again, like, I feel like people don't always understand. And, I mean, I don't always understand, like, how 
again, like how it's not an easy path, so to speak. Like it's not an easy way to be in this world. And that's what I tried to really hone in on the last episode was just showing like kindness and empathy and understanding for someone's journey and someone's story. Because I mean, we're all having a hard time in this world. Yeah, it's already <laughs> hard enough. Yeah, and for me, like what I said in these the last bills. episode, yeah, these bills, <laughs> inflation so is no joke. <laughs> Um, but what I said in the last episode was that I feel like, you know, just hearing someone's story and listening to them is like the bare minimum that you can do. And I feel like sadly, so many people just don't even want to do that. So that kind of leads me to my next question for both of y'all and either, either one can answer this is how do you feel like the church or Christians can be more welcoming to gay men and women? I think I speak for a lot of people in my situation that I think it would just be better to just treat us like normal people Mm. you know like Mm. we're not different Um, if you think that being gay is a sin that's fine like that's on you but at the same time where does it say that being gay is the the worst most horrendous sin so if you're gonna treat other people who lie who gossip who steal who you know name whatever sin you want to name but then like a certain way but then you're going to treat gay people just because they're they want to love and show love to someone who they love that doesn't sit well with me and there's this sense of like uncomfort and it's just like no dude like i'm tommy like (laughs) i'm tommy this is ty like yeah we're attracted to each other but at the end of the day we have so much more Mm, about our identities that we want to share with you so if you're gonna let (laughs) us being gay get in the way with us sharing our worlds with you then you're missing out yeah you are you really are Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah i mean i think you said it right like we put people put it on the hierarchy of sins that are bad Mm -hmm. and i think that got passed down through religion which i'm like a huge anti-fan of <laughs> I oh hate my god we hate religion yeah. Yeah. I know it's like also cool and trendy to hate religion but it's like so much stuff gets passed down and people don't question through denomination For and sure. through uh, just religious tradition that like a pastor might go to seminary and then he teaches that church but then the person who taught at seminary was from a, you know the same denomination before him and it's just all this stuff gets passed down and passed down and no one no one wants to question it um, and that doesn't just happen in religion that happens in everything for sure you know yeah. life politics family everything um but yeah it's like imagine if someone i i like to do the uncomfortable one which is like gluttony which is just like <laughs> eating too much and it's mm-hmm. like dude imagine if someone who is like just morbidly obese like we didn't let them into the church or like serve <laughs> yeah it's true. how many like That's super obese pastors do you see that yeah. just eat too much <laughs> for sure and it's like okay you could argue like gay people are actively engaged in their sin but like come on like people eating McDonald's every day, yeah. actively engaging in gluttony. Yeah, that's a good. It's point. just a point that's need that is yeah, needed. Yeah, not to, to make. put anyone down, but yeah. it's just like, dude, like this we is all the, have, it's we all have our stuff. Yeah, it just looks right. different. Right. I think my main, you know, going through this journey with you mm-hmm. and you know my first gay friend, <laughs> and it's like people don't realize if you were to look at the Bible. Jesus was dining with the sinners. He was with the sinners. His disciples were sinners. Like, yeah. even if your view is that being gay is a sin. Right. We're giving you the bare minimum here. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Right. Jesus 
loves us. We're all sinners, and he yeah. chooses us over and over and over again, and he chooses to sit down with us. He chooses to love us, and why, as Christians, are we having such a hard time with this? Mm-hmm. I mean, it almost brings me to tears. Yeah. Because I'm like, why is this even a topic? People are so uncomfortable They're about so it. They're so uncomfortable. And that's, that's it. So I, I wrote this <laughs> paper, and it was like I was talking about the hierarchy of sins. And the hierarchy, you can track it back to what Christians think are the highest of sins because mm-hmm. it makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, lying doesn't really make... Gossip surely does not make Christians no. uncomfortable no. at all. No. It brings zero <laughs> discomfort if you walk into a room and go gossip. Honey, that's why I go to church. Yeah. <laughs> the prayer list, right? You put yeah. someone on the prayer list yeah. and you need to really gossiping about right. yeah. like, Ooh, Well, we go sister. a little higher and then we're like, okay, lying. Like, lying, it makes some people uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, if you're a liar and like you're around people, liar. if you're a compulsive liar and everyone knows, like, that guy's full of... Yeah, like you're gonna make people uncomfortable. Right. If you're obese, that's gonna make people around you uncomfortable. So that's like yeah. going up there. If yeah. you're, if you're like, maybe some churches like if you're divorced or yeah. like, like that's gonna make people uncomfortable. Or if, if you're, you're gay, if you're cheating, yeah. But if you're gay, like that makes everyone uncomfortable because it's not it what they're used everyone. to. Right. And that so therefore that's their hierarchy because they don't want things to be. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to be seen as the church that has gay people in there because mm-hmm. then what are they teaching at God, church? Right. God forbid. Right. Yeah. God forbid. <laughs> well, and two, it's like um, all of this stuff is making them uncomfortable because they choose to have these rose-colored glasses on mm-hmm. that life, and in order to get to heaven, in order to be considered a good Christian, you have to live a certain way, mm-hmm. right? And so I always go back to the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus actually, like the words were actually coming out of his mouth on, okay, love thy God, mm-hmm. that's the number one commandment, what's the second? Love thy neighbor. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, yeah. he didn't put any stipulations or conditions onto loving your neighbor. Mm. And I would just, I invite people to fully question themselves and say, no. okay, am I loving my neighbor? Yeah. Now, I don't know you, so you don't have to love me, Tommy. <laughs> but the people around you, if you have a gay person in your life that you haven't treated with the most respect or not even gay, let's extend. Let's a person who's maybe homeless, mm-hmm. a person mm-hmm. who's maybe a single mom struggling. Yeah. Are you talking shit about them? Yeah. Or are you like they're the in your community right there in your face. Yeah. Are you loving them? And yeah. what does that mean? from a different religion that maybe you don't agree with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was a big yeah. one for me. Yeah, yeah, different I, religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the things I've heard about Mormonism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That could be another episode. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. Tune Stay tuned for yeah. episode. That's right. Tune in next week. Yeah. But it's like, ultimately, I like to play devil's advocate on this because I still, I'm not like a church basher necessarily. Um, a church what? Basher. But no one oh, is here. Yeah. No one is here. No, but, we're not. But, we love no. the church. But it is easy to do that because, you know, people have done things wrong and whatever, but we all have. But I think it's good that the church is a place with a moral set of standards, which the rest of the world doesn't have. Right. It's important to stand up for things that you believe in. Um, so even, like like I said earlier, like the bare minimum is that, like, you can believe that being gay is a sin, but you can still treat people with, like, decency, and mm-hmm. if they're seeking God, like, you can allow them to be in your church. Yeah. Not even asking that Right. That you let me serve in your church. Like, I right. even understand that. Like, and we could go, you know, that's a different story. Right. <laughs> but it's like, at least just treat people 
with decency. Don't treat them like they have a disease. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. like allow a gay couple to come into your church. You're not, you know, we can talk about whether you want to marry them or whether you want to have right. them. That's right. probably a conversation for a different time. But I'm not even asking that. I'm just asking, like, for the bare minimum of, like, just treat them like they're human. Yeah. Right. Which shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Three more bottles. Let's go. Just the laughing. We'll see. Just the laughing. It's Tommy! Thomas! Uh oh, did you spill? You failed! So we took a quick break to have more wine and to just. And to spill wine. And And to to spill wine. Tommy (laughs) spilling wine all over my white carpet. Keep going. Yeah, we're just keeping it real. But we were about to segue into our next topic of conversation, which is. How can Christians kind of bridge the gap and make, you know, gay people feel more welcome in the church or more accepted or more loved? I love this question because I'll tell you exactly what to do. (laughs) Tell us. Take out your pen and paper, kids. (laughs) If you want to be a Christian that is cool with the gays, write this down. This sounds like something from like PBS, like reading Rainbow or something. Like, take notes, y'all. Take notes. Reading Rainbow? Um, Oh, that's funny. Anyway. Rainbow is God's promise. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, I think that... I think it just has to be cut through all the BS and you have to get to know this person Mm. on a human to human level, right? This person, you're kind of only highlighting the differences, right? They're gay and you're not, but what about the similarities? What about this person understands what it's like to uh, feel lonely? to feel like nobody understands them. This person understands what a human goes through. And it's like the the best of friends that I've had have just treated me with um, just the same respect that they would anybody else. Mm-hmm. But they've also kind of gotten to know me like in a proactive way. Mm-hmm. So like... Just because I'm gay doesn't mean, like, you have to be uncomfortable about saying, like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Mm. Like, no, like, it's fine. Like, ask me those things. And if it's hard for you to ask me those things, that's fine. Talk to me about what you would talk to, like, about anybody. Yeah, anyone else. You know? Imagine that. Just talk, talk to, to me about, about the Barbie right? movie. <laughs> this is, like, it's like Throw a miracle, back. right? Like, yeah. wow. Imagine that. Just talk to you like you're a normal person. Just talk to me like a normal person, yeah. Because the best of... Um, my friends have always just kind of seen me for who I was and that's Tommy and Tommy comes with a lot (laughs) like much more than just you know oh he's gay a lot yeah you know there's so much more to you than that yeah yes we know I'm a little I'm a lot sometimes that was my boyfriend (laughs) what do you think Tyler? well I think Tommy kind of said it I think like not being afraid of people, like they're gonna like get the gay on you or something. <laughs> it's yeah. not contagious yeah. at all. It's not. It really isn't. Um, if it was, straightness would be equally contagious. Exactly. And then if we hung around with straight people, then we'd be super straight. <laughs> like at why, this why? Time, Here we are. I should be straight. Yeah. Five yeah. kids, right. based off you have of my five history. Kids? I should. I was Mormon. Oh, five there were siblings. five kids in the family. You don't yeah. have five kids. I know, but based off oh, of right, that yes. point, yeah. I should. Yeah. 
Um, that's I a think, good point. Yeah, just listening and um, yeah, seeing past that for like a minute. Like, it doesn't mean you have to condone it. But Elena has. She's raising her hand. She has <laughs> stories of me. Yeah, I think. Um, I again, kind of what you both have said of like looking at someone who is gay as also just a human being like mm-hmm. you know they have experienced anxiety before they have experienced depression they have experienced you know i mean just the simple of things mm-hmm. like just like breathing and walking and talking and trying to have conversations with people and i think sometimes people put on kind of like like a lens of like this person's different. We have nothing in common. You know, I just need to stick to the Christians who go to church every Sunday and go to Bible study. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it would blow your mind if you actually sat down with someone and looked at them and talked with them and saw them the way Jesus sees them mm-hmm. and loved them the way Jesus loves them. Me and Tyler, since he came out to me years ago, me and him have become closer he he's a brother to me and i don't think that would have happened if when he came out to me i would have stopped loving him and caring for him and you know being there for him and i think people have done i know people have done that and i just think the important thing is to see that they're human too and they have emotions and they have feelings and you'd be more than surprised to know that a lot of them still have relationships with God mm-hmm. it just looks different mm-hmm. yeah which get used to it <laughs> get get out of your bubble yeah. and really learn and love these people that walk with you and you would be absolutely shocked yeah. I think it's a mindset change. Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of like what we talked about before and what you talked about in the previous uh, podcast, hate the sin, love the sinner, mm-hmm. right? It's like, how about we just change that whole statement to love everyone, <laughs> love yeah. the person love yeah. for who they are. Yeah. And you know what? You don't even have to hate the sin. It's not your, it's well, not your it's business. It's just a given that you're going to hate the sin. Like, yeah. okay, cool. Christians hate sin, whatever. Right. Yeah. But like, it doesn't have to be your like whole thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you focus, oh, I hate gayness, oh, but I love. I was time. just woke up today thinking how much I hate gayness. <laughs> right? Then why don't you try and change it to, yeah. oh, I just you know hate the fact that I don't know people can't follow God or like hate the fact that like people, people have, are dying in wars. People are dying. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that you know child pornography is a thing. Human yeah. trafficking. Right. There's human a lot more like yeah. bigger so issues to yeah. focus on. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many other things to hate. And I think kind of picking back up off of what Elena said real quick, and I mentioned this in the last episode too, but I actually think it's really inspiring and y'all are really inspiring. I always find it inspiring when I hear from people who have really experienced a lot of turmoil in their life, experienced a lot of ups and downs, that really wrestled with themselves, but they still love God. I'm yeah. like, these are the people I want to hear from. Because Amen. these are the people who have really been through it. I mean, no offense to anyone, but, like, I don't want to hear about Christianity from someone who's never had, like, a real struggle. (laughs) I want to hear about, I want to hear about loving God and accepting God and pursuing God from someone who has really been in the thick of it, been in the deepest depths, you know? Well, it's almost like, ask yourself, 
do I really know God if I haven't had to call on his name in mm. the darkest of moments? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Write that down. <laughs> write that down, guys. Write that down. Tweet it. Write it down. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. That's a good one. But it's true. It's <clears throat> like you don't get, no one gets out of this world scotch-free. Mm-hmm. Everyone is going to go through something that's just going to break them down so much that if they're a believer, they'll lean on God, and if they're not, they'll find something else to lean on. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we all get broken down. Yeah. And the last thing we need to do is break each other down more mm. than just being there for each other. Yeah. We don't judge, right? You could tell me anything. I'm not your judge. Mm. But I'm yeah. here as another human, and hopefully I can relate to you enough to where I can just be what you need at the moment with me. Yeah. Because that's what God has put in my way. Yeah. Because if the people in your... So statistically, what? One in ten? If the gay kids in your church, adults in your church, can't find you to lean on, they're going to find the gay community to lean on. Mm. Which is not... Not the best influence on your kids, guys. <laughs> this is the biggest controversy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get Tyler started. No, Don't but like, started. but seriously, like, have like, it's better that they lean on you. Yeah, it's 100%. better that your kids who are struggling that leans on you. Because at the end of the day, you should be the one that loves your kid unconditionally. Right. Yes. And if you are not a safe space for your kid to come to, Mm -hmm. they're going to go and look for another person's safe space that can give them that. And that could be a stranger who really doesn't give a shit about them. Yeah. I mean, that's just the reality of things. It could be a stranger who actually becomes very important to them in their life. Could be, right? But it also could be someone who's not going to be a good influence as far as just life goes. 100%. You know? And so if you can, regardless of your beliefs you can just extend that uh, create a safe space for your kid or for your cousin or for your brother-in-law or for your sister-in-law or anybody any role they have in your life if you can create that safe space that allows them to shine their light of just goodness of who they are then I think you're doing a great job yeah you don't even that. have to understand it all mm-hmm. you don't have yeah. to and I think people want to understand and put together and really you know know what's going on when it's like that's not the reality of it you're never gonna get it mm-hmm. you're never if you don't experience yourself just like any, other, any thing, other thing any other thing if yeah. you haven't experienced it yourself you're never gonna get it mm-hmm. but like when Tyler came out to me years ago I prayed and God told me love him mm-hmm. and I said okay and I've been doing that for years now and I just think about if I didn't create a safe space for him we wouldn't be sitting here, best friends. I mean, he's going to be man of honor in my wedding. Like, come on, you know? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, I would have missed out on all this. I would have missed out on Tommy. Like, I would have missed out on friendship and just, like, loving community. And I don't understand it. I don't. And that's okay. And I think people need to just chill the you know what out just like <laughs> god drink a glass of wine sit down with someone who's gay and have a conversation yeah, and connect. you'd be shocked you would be you'd be shocked, shocked. yeah Ugh. yeah you got i got the wine now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think this is something and i forgot to mention this in my last episode but i'm going to mention it now i think 
um, so many people forget with their fellow Christians, you know, who are gay, that they believe in God too. And they hear from God, they Mm -hmm. know God's voice, right? Like in the Bible, it says his sheep know his voice. So if you believe in God, you trust God, then you hear from God. And so you can trust that your friend is on their own journey with God Mm -hmm. in this world. And you don't need to police that and you don't need to interject your worldview into that. You can just trust that like, hey, my friend hears from God and if they feel a certain kind of way about things, I know that God will convict them. I know Mm -hmm. that God will reveal himself to them in certain ways. And so you can use them in the way that he wants to. The Holy Spirit (laughs) doesn't disappear when you come out. I just want everyone to know that. The Holy Spirit does not disappear when someone comes out or, you know, struggles and decides and makes choices based on how they're feeling and knowing who they are holy spirit does not leave yeah Yeah. continue also pastors (laughs) it's like have you taught your congregation to like listen to god and read the bible for themselves and like Mm -hmm. follow the holy spirit for themselves because if yes then you shouldn't be worried yeah Yeah. if no and you're just teaching them to just follow what you've said well then you have a problem like then you you should be very worried about your congregation if they have any issues yeah well and i think too something that you know, people who aren't gay or who, you know, want to understand more could really think about as far as, like, gay people have had to look inwards with a microscope of 10,000 times, Mm. right? So we've looked inwards, we've looked at ourselves, and we've become very self-aware of, you know, everything we do. And so when we do... um, try to do our best or try to help like our fellow man like that that all comes from god Mm because it is good and Mm there is so much good that can come out of even relationships of someone who you know doesn't believe that being gay is okay and Mm -hmm. someone who is gay like i think that we all have the potential to spread so much good together if we can just come to a united front you know yeah and that could be the bread and butter talking. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that actually brings me to maybe my last question, unless y'all have more to say. But I always got more to say. But... <laughs> yeah. I could spend hours talking. We're in a room with two gay guys. They got plenty to say. This was our life for thirty, almost 30 years. Yeah, it's a long time. But I guess one big question I have for you two is if someone is listening and they are in y'all's situation, what would you say to them? Message us on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's interesting. I've I've had uh, two people now Mm -hmm. message me on Instagram, people that I've been in circles with, uh, specifically, which is really interesting, two worship leaders in different contexts, Um, but they've been dealing with this issue and um, have dealt with it in their own way. I don't know. I was telling Tom, I think I was telling both of you, like everyone deserves an opportunity to process how they feel in like a healthy manner. Um, and they don't get that inside. Well, unless you go to a really healthy church, you don't get that inside the church walls. Um, so you need to get a chance to decide, really decide what you believe, not just what, what you've been told. Um, whether that means taking a step back from the church or like taking a step back from the community you're in or um, I hate to tell people to do that but it's true like you do have to um, really explore what you believe or even just come to grips with what you believe in if it's like that you're not going to live you're not going to be gay (laughs) 
<laughs> like yeah. that's something that you like maybe you want to just not have a relationship and that's fine too um but you have to be able to step out of the perspective of that little bubble that you're in in order to make that decision yeah it takes it's necessary to take the time to look at yourself mm. and to really figure out what it is that you want out of life too um, I knew that I wanted to love somebody romantically yeah. with all my heart. I wanted to have my own family one day. I wanted all the things that like everybody in my immediate circle wanted as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that I would say to someone in this situation to start today mm-hmm. by practicing some positive self-talk. Yeah. Because for me my biggest enemy was myself Mm, and I I can I have (laughs) I can tell you worse things that I've said to myself than what anybody else has said to me Mm. and I wish that earlier on I had learned how to be comforting to myself and proud Mm. of myself and and not so critical like Mm -hmm. take it easy Mm. like chill out do some good you are a good person don't worry about that stuff Mm. All right, so now I wanted to kind of have Alina share more of her story and her perspective of kind of being on the receiving end of someone trusting you with a really vulnerable part of themselves and um, just hear her thoughts on that. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said earlier, you know, the first thing I did was pray. And I asked God, you know, what do I do with this? Because, you know, you grow up, I've grown up in the church my whole life. I grew up in Sugarland, Texas. <laughs> That's there where was, she gets that great accent from. Yeah. Sugarland. <laughs> Sugarland. And I didn't have any experience with the gay community at all. And lo and behold... A worship leader from the church that I was going to comes out to me and I'm like oh my gosh what I didn't even know that was a thing it's and not. it's not I mean apparently it is, it is yeah, apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, and the first thing I did was pray so if someone comes to you and shares that with you stop what you're doing and pray that should be your number one thing and um, whether you it kind of just goes back to, you know, what God told me was just, he just said, love him. Mm-hmm. And so I looked for ways to love him and be there for him and care for him. And I was still going through the process of what I believed. And so I was going through, you know, just a lot of praying, reading the Bible, trying to figure out where I stand on things. Um, cause I haven't had to before, but, um, in that process, I have just been there for him. And I think the biggest thing for me was, and I hope I did this well, was just um, kind of um, wanting him to make sure that he is still pursuing the Lord and um, checking in with him. Um, periodically of just like 
how is your relationship with God? Like, how are you feeling? I remember I've even asked you, are you feeling convicted of this? Mm -hmm. Are you feeling, you know, this might be the wrong way? Or are you feeling good about it still? Are you feeling positive about it? Like, I think that was just the main thing was loving him in a way and being supportive, but also, you know, trying to make sure that his connection with God was still there. I think we, I think it would be a different story, a whole different story if, you know, he left the church and was done. I think we would be in a different spot, not like me leaving him, but like just different conversation. But I think that's just the best advice is to love someone and, you know, just support them in their relationship with the Lord. Yeah. You have to start with, you have to start with, acceptance or not even acceptance but what's the word for it like uh validation yeah it's not even accepting it's just like validation that your feelings are valid you're human and you're having this you know you could even say in the beginning like struggle like how can i help with that or how can i lead you towards jesus during your during this you know part of your life Mm -hmm. yeah i remember in counseling class i took counseling in, in school and I remember them being like, okay, you can validate people's feelings without, like, saying what they're doing is right. And so right. You, okay, you can validate what, like, I can understand what you're going through. I can, like, feel your pain. I can, and just starting there. That doesn't mean you have to, you don't have to go from there, like, deeper, you know? Yeah. But I, I, I do feel like a lot of Christians start with, oh, but that's wrong, as opposed to starting with, validation yeah hey i love you i hear you let's talk yeah Yeah. and not even let's talk let's talk about how this is wrong and how we can convert no no let's talk about like just how is it who is it yeah yeah, who is is this person like you talk to a normal human yeah yeah Mm -hmm. come from a place of curiosity rather than yeah you already are condemning them and don't ghost people you know yeah don't ghost people Yeah, because I mentioned in the last episode that that was something really disheartening that I saw that when, you know, gay Christians were coming forward and sharing their experiences, people would just automatically feel like they had to defend their stance and be like, well, I love you, but I hate your sin or I don't agree with your lifestyle. And I'm like, why can't you just hear that person out? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, people opened up and shared really vulnerable things on that post that I mentioned and... It, yeah, it was just really yeah. disheartening to see how much yeah. negativity they were met with instead of just like validation, like you said, of, like you said, of just like, oh man, like I'm, I'm sorry to hear I'm that. really sorry even going through yeah. that. Like, mm-hmm. how can I love you through this? Yeah. Instead of, well, you're wrong. So let me tell you the things that you need to right. do in order mm-hmm. to get better. Because if right. your friend grew up in the church and has been in the church their whole life, especially, they know. They know. Yeah, they know. <laughs> they know what's wrong. They know. They, they know. know what's up. Yeah. yeah. And, and to Tommy's tell point, like you mentioned before, you know, we're all our own worst critic. We're all way harder on ourselves than anyone else will be. So heaping, you know, shame and guilt and condemnation on someone when they already feel that themselves probably is not helpful, I would argue. Yeah. Just be kind like Jesus, end of the day. Yeah. Just yeah. be kind <laughs> to these people. Yeah. They're going through more than you think. Just love them and be kind to them the way Jesus would. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think anyone here is saying, well... I'm not saying you have to change your opinion right now on what you no, believe about people no. who are gay because like that is for you to decide in your time but that for doesn't sure. mean even if you do believe that being gay is the same like that doesn't you should still be able to act in a way that is like Jesus like yeah absolutely like and we can have a conversation about 
what it means, what you know, what all these verses are saying about same-sex attraction and all that stuff. But that's not even what we're talking about here. It's just like being kind. Yeah, like I I appreciate that Christians. I was saying earlier. I think I was saying one of you, but like I appreciate that there's like a moral reality with Christians like that in the, in the church, and there's not a lot of that in the world. So I appreciate that, and I appreciate that people stand for things that they believe in. Um, but there is a way to do it that is more conducive to uh, marginalized people staying within the church, which yeah. is, I think, what you would want. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, does anyone have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? It's a good one. Thanks for having us. Of course. Thank you guys for sitting down and sharing your stories, especially Tommy and Tyler. I know it's not always an easy thing to talk about, but I appreciate learning and hearing your stories. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to give my brief plug like I always do. (laughs) So this has been another episode of the Lone Wolves Club podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Porter. Again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time. Thank you.